Hello and welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. On this podcast, we will broadcast messages and lessons from our church. If they bless you, I encourage you to subscribe and rate our channel, as well as you can visit our website, www.springridgechurch.com. If you'd like to communicate, you can send an email to pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we would love to hear from you, where you're listening from. And if you have any questions you'd like to have answered, uh, desire a Bible study, or would like to send us a prayer request, all of those are welcome uh, requests and forms of communication we enjoy. So we hope that the, the podcast bless you. Hope that you will uh, subscribe and become a part of our faithful listening audience. You know, this is coming into some of the most beautiful times of the year here in Mississippi. Uh, flowers are going to start blooming. Grass is going to start gr- turning green. And we will have a few moments of beautiful weather in Mississippi. It don't last long, so be sure to get out and enjoy it. You know, I have been living in my house for a little over 18 years. We moved to Clinton in October of 2003 and moved into the house that we live in now. And when we moved there, our little boys were little bitty boys. Noah was turned one that month of October. And uh, you can do the math with the rest of them because I don't know the math right now. But uh, we moved in, and uh, there, there uh, in our backyard, there were some shrubs. They were probably about nine foot tall, uh, red-tip photinias, if you know the kind of shrub I'm talking about. They're beautiful shrubs. They have some red in them, and I don't see them planted anymore. But be that as it may, they, they were very, you know, they were a little tall, but they were pretty. They made a great screen against the neighbor might look over and you know see our dog doing something so it was a nice privacy screen and uh, I, I, I hate to say this but you know how some things are in your life and you just become blind to them you don't see them they're there but you don't see them and uh, over the past 18 years those shrubs have grown unimpeded for 18 years and uh, they're probably 30, 35 feet tall shrubs. These, these shrubs have grown. Uh, shrubs at the bottom look like trees. And uh, along with those shrubs that were planted on purpose, there began to grow some vines. And, and if you know what vines will do, they will overtake and overcome and will obscure the original plants to where all you see is just a big muddled mess. And so 18 years. Something I was unaware of, blind to, and really oblivious to its effect in our backyard. It did still block the neighbor, not as much with the leaves falling off of it. 
But here the other day, uh, my wife has been suggesting, uh, you know how sometimes ladies don't tell you what they want, they kind of hint, and I'm a horrible hint taker. There she is, you hear her up there? I am a horrible hint taker. And uh, she still hints, and I still don't get it, so we're still happily married, so hallelujah, thank you Jesus for that. But uh, I had an opportunity to, to take those shrubs down. And over about a week's time, with the help of uh, uh, B.J. Tatum and my handy-dandy steel uh, chainsaw and a Kaiser blade and axes, and we managed to totally decimate the, you wouldn't even know by looking from our, our uh, deck that those things were ever there. <clears throat> And it looks so good. Now, I can see the neighbors now, and the neighbors can see me. Hallelujah. But it's amazing how there are things that can accumulate in our life, and at some point we become conscious of it, and then we have to decide, what am I going to do with this? And it's not, it's, you know, when we got through cutting it down, we had about ten piles you know, eight or nine feet long, and four, five, six feet tall. I mean, multiple dump trucks full of just debris uh, that I chose to burn. And uh, my neighbors probably are glad that I finally finished burning them. It was, it, was, it was just a big mess. Now you go back there and there's a few piles of ashes. But I said all that to say... But sometimes when the Lord begins to deal with us with things that he wants us to deal with, it takes a little time, and it's a little painful, it's a little hard. But if you will commit yourself by the grace of God and the work of the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter how overgrown and how long it's been there, the Lord can bring a transformation in your life if you will commit to do what you can. The Lord will do what only he can. How many of you found that to be true in your life? Amen. You know, over the past few months, we've seen a lot of things happen in the news. And even I, who am not a, by nature, the book of Revelation preacher, I have thought about, talked about, even did a few uh, little uh, videos on Facebook talking about the book of Revelation. And, uh, you know, I, I sent a note to uh, Scott Sistrunk, who was the son-in-law of Brother Irvin Baxter, and I asked him, what would Brother Baxter say right now if he was alive? And he said, well, he'd probably be wondering if this is the war that kills one-third of mankind. And see, I, I, I don't think in those terms. But I, I said that all that to say that, you know, there's some things we just don't know. Jesus even said... No man knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man comes. Jesus, in his wisdom, has chosen to call some things to be cloudy and to be muted and to be unclear to us. But there are some things we can know in spite of the things that we don't know. That old song, Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds 
tomorrow and I know who holds my hand how many of you glad we know who Jesus is amen amen if you have your Bible stand with me and turn with me to the book of first Kings and verse 20 1 Kings chapter 20 and beginning at verse 23. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are gods of the hills. Therefore they were stronger than we. So we understand they had a battle with the, the Israel and they had lost. So they determined because we fought them in the hills, their God is a God of the hills. Therefore they are stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plain and sure we shall be stronger than they and do this thing take the kings away every man out of his place and put captains in their rooms and number the army like the army that thou hast lost horse for horse and chariot for chariot and we shall fight against them in the plain and surely we shall be stronger than they it came to pass at the return of the year that Benadad numbered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were numbered and were all present and went against the children of Israel, uh, pitched before them like two flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the country. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said the Lord God, the Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore... Well, I'll deliver this great multitude in thine hands, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Conclusion, God wins. In the hills and in the valleys. Uh, I have one more text. I want to read Habakkuk chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. If you want to know, if you're trying to find that in your Bible, it's toward the end of the Old Testament. Habakkuk. It's the... Verse 1, Habakkuk, chapter 3 and verse 1. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet upon the Shiganoth. Say that with me, the Shiganoth. Upon Shiganoth. What a great word. I should call it Shiganoth today. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive the work, thy work in the midst of years. In the midst of the years make known... In wrath, remember mercy. Verse 14. Thou didst strike through with his staves the head of his villages. They came out as a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was to devour the poor secretly. Thou didst walk through the sea with thine horses through the heap of great waters. When I heard, my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble when he cometh upon the people he will invade them with troops although the fig tree shall not blossom neither fruit shall be in the vines the labor of the olive shall fail and the field shall yield no meat the flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herds in the stalls Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. 
I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet. He will make me walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. Hinds feet in high places. Can we pray, Father, we love you today. Thank you, Lord God, for the work of the Holy Ghost that you no doubt have done, are doing, and plan to continue to do. Touch us today. Heal us today. Help us today. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. High in speed in high places. I had a, a, you know how things happen, and uh, you'll see various things, read various things, hear various things. And there'll be a moment where there is a connected string to those things, and you will connect some things that maybe other people wouldn't. That happens to me. And I uh, had uh, read uh, 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 a little article about the fact that historically, those that were uh, lived in the mountains were oftentimes much superior to those that lived in the lowlands uh, when it came to battle and civilization and things like that. The people that lived in the mountains oftentimes would defeat. They'd be stronger. Their technology was superior to those that lived in low places. And it makes sense. If you are living in a hard place, you're just going to be tougher. I, I, I grew up in the low places. Hallelujah. I'm a city boy, so I don't know how to do hardly anything. Amen. I, I saw uh, I saw a uh, uh, an article about how that ninety four percent of the population of China lives in forty percent of their country. So sixty percent of the country is inhabited by six percent of the people. Y'all understand? So all the people live in a smaller part of the map, and hardly anybody lives in the bigger part of the map. And if you're just looking at the map, it, whether you pull it up on Google, if you, if you have a, an old-fashioned map or a globe, if you're just looking at that, that is really hard to grasp. Well, why is everybody living here when there's all this open land and no one's living there? And then a few days, weeks to go by, I, just in my Twitter feed, there was a, there was a 3D uh, printed topography of China. And then I understood it. Because China, 40% of their country of their, is in a low place. And 60% and of their country is either mountains or deserts. The world's largest desert is in China. China has the greatest uh, uh, change in elevation than any other country in the world. It, China has the greatest change in temperature possibilities from minus 40 degrees to over 100 degrees, all in one map. And people are living in just a small part of the map. And, and I thought to myself, you know, that is kind of like sometimes reading the Word of God. Sometimes when we read the Word of God, we hear sermons, maybe we sing songs, and it's like paper 
It's like words on paper. It's a two-dimensional thing. It is, it is informational. It is, it is, uh, it has, it's meaningful. It's inspiring. But sometimes we don't know how the Scripture applies to our life. We, 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 it's kind of like me thinking about, well, why, are, why is all this, this area, people don't live there? But, but something happens when things that doesn't make sense to us, all of a sudden we have an epiphany. We have an awakening. We have an aha. Oh, why, oh that's why. You know what I'm talking about? I, I've seen the plans to this building. And, and the plans of this building, if you're looking at the blueprints... Uh, you, you have a, a line, that, you know, the blueprint's about yay, yay long and about yay wide. It's just got a line. This wall right here, on those blueprints, it's just a line. Now, I know this may be so simplistic, but I'm just, just, just stick with me. It's just a line. That wall over there is just a line. If you turn to another uh, page, it, it shows the walls. It says, you know, this wall is, I think it's like... 22 or 24 feet tall. It's just a number. It's just a line. That window, I think, is, I'm guessing, about 10 foot tall at the, at the height. It, it's, but those plans, you can look at plans, Brother Jason, and that doesn't really tell you what this building is. But you could probably, because you've been sitting in the building, you have a greater appreciation to what this building is that someone that's only seen the plans. And I think sometimes when we're young, maybe we haven't went through certain places, we, we don't understand how the Word of God really affects our life. We may believe it. And we may practice it. And we may kind of just be going through life and, and enjoying the good times and, and, and not enjoying the bad times. But, but there are times when all of a sudden everything we've read about, everything we've heard other people talk about, we have an aha moment and it's not just a blueprint that we looked at and it's not just words on a page in a Bible that we've got on the shelf, but there is a moment when the reality of God's Word and the working of God's Spirit and the moving of God's plan and all of a sudden like we're sitting in this building we realize the Lord really has been taking care of me. Amen. You know, if you had a blueprint, you might not really appreciate. You might not really appreciate how far you have to go to get to the baptistry. I'm out of breath. Now, if you run up and down these stairs four or five times, I'm getting, going somewhere. Going downstairs. You want to know how, how to really appreciate those stairs? Fall down them. <laughs> Come on, somebody. There's, there's, you got to imagine the children of God. They, they had faced an enemy on their home turf. The enemy had come 
and invaded them, but they had the benefit of being in their high place. They had the benefit of having a home field advantage. And they totally dominated the Syrians and all of their cohorts. And there came a day at the time of the defeat, the Syrians and the rest had been overthrown. And they just couldn't accept the fact that God's hand was on the, 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 the kingdom and the people of Israel. They, they just couldn't accept the fact that there was something working for God's people that works for God's people. Do you know there's some things that happen in your life when you're trying to serve God and you are endeavoring to do what's right? There is a favor that gets on your life that people that don't serve God and don't seek God, they don't have that favor and it will cause them to think badly of you. That it will cause them to overlay on you some bad intention. And sometimes you can find yourself at the end of other people's barbs and, and criticisms and we wonder where it comes from. But, but we just have to recognize that if God is for us, if God is for us, if God is for me, who can be against me? I want you to know today that, that there are sometimes, there are things that are in our life, we may be oblivious to them. We may be oblivious to its effect, but I'm telling you, when you walk in the shadow of God, and God's word is in your heart, and God's hope is in your soul, and you have a heart that desires to please God, God is working with you, even when your enemy is scheming to defeat you. The enemy may think, well, I, I tried him on Monday and I, and I failed, but I've got another plan. Amen. I, the devil never runs out of plans. And the devil doesn't ever give up. It doesn't matter if you reach to 51 years old like I have and he's been laying traps for me and he's been scheming to take me out as long as I've been. Amen. I'm still standing today, not by my wisdom and not by my grace and not by my righteousness, but I've got to tell you today, God is for me. And it doesn't matter whether it's in the valley or on the mountaintops. It doesn't matter if it's in the desert or in the well-watered plains. I have found that God is with me wherever I may go. And I'm preaching to people. I'm preaching to you today. You have felt the favor of God on your life. And sometimes you may have thought it was about you. But God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. And he's been with you to this point. And you don't have to fret what the future may hold because God if he helped you in the high times if he helped you in the high places surely God is a God of the mountains and I'm glad I feel him here today I don't have anything to complain about amen none of my family's in the hospital right now amen I got a few dollars in my bank account I think if I want to I could eat anything I wanted to eat today I don't have to dig through the, the carpet of my car and find some quarters so I could feed anybody I, I, I got some bread Amen. Maybe some chicken in the middle of the bread. He's the God of my mountain. How many of you glad God's there with you? Amen. When you can go through and order as many pieces from church's chicken as you want. You can even be picky. Hallelujah. Amen. I must be hungry. 
He's a God of the mountain. Had anybody ever got a raise? Got a new job? Got a new car? Got a new pair of shoes? Got a new grill? Got a new truck? Hallelujah. Amen. He's a God of the mountains. And I know I've been there, and we've all been through those low times. Sometimes it's harder to believe that God is a God of our valleys. It's not just the enemy saying he's a God of the valley, of the hills and not the valleys. The devil tells you that too. Oh, man, he's been with me when I've had it going good. But oh God, where are you at? Amen. Hinds and feet in high places. I, I, I found this text. I found these this terminology found three times in your Bible. First time, it's in it's in uh, it's it's here in First Kings. It's also in Psalms and. Then tucked toward the very end of your Bible is the text that I read to you in Habakkuk. And, and, it, and it is a, if you read what's happening in Habakkuk, you have to understand that Habakkuk was a captive in Babylon. Many say that Habakkuk died a few years before the, the, the children of Israel left Babylon and went back to Jerusalem and Israel. So Habakkuk, he's writing this as a captive. He's writing this in less than ideal circumstances. And, and I think it's interesting that when you read this last chapter of Habakkuk, it is, a, it is a praise, and it says, the prophet upon the Shiganoth. The Shiganoth, I, I thought it might be like a guitar or a harp or a, a flute, but, but uh, the Shiganoth, it is a... It is a type of poem, a type of song that has a, 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 a passionate, wild, rapid changes and rhythms and pitches, a shiganah. And so when you read this, you, you have to understand this may not be indicative. It may not be a, 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 a sign of how Habakkuk was feeling or maybe it probably is not uh, respective of how things were going in Habakkuk's life, but it was in the midst of, uh, of times none of us would choose, and he decided he would end his prophetic book with a song of passionate praise toward God. And if you read this and understand this was a praise that was done and a lyric and a song. And you'll be glad to know I didn't practice any of this to try to sing it. Hallelujah. I'm prone to do that sometimes. Hallelujah. But I, I think it is interesting that at the conclusion of this shiganoth, this passionate praise in the midst of difficult circumstances, in verse 18 he says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Say that with me. I will rejoice in the Lord. And that word rejoice in the Hebrew, that's not just a smile or a patty cake. He's saying, yet I will jump for joy in the Lord. Will somebody 
rejoice as that Hebrew? I'm not asking everybody to do it. Some of you couldn't jump if you wanted to. Will somebody get up and just rejoice? Come on. I will rejoice. I will jump for joy in the Lord. Even though I am in Babylon. Even though I don't know what's going on. Even though I may be in a low place. Amen. The Lord has given me feet. Hind's feet for my high places. And I may be in a low place. But I got feet that can worship God. I can dance in the valley like I danced on the mountaintop. I can praise God when I'm going through difficulty just like I praise God when I was rejoicing in a miracle. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will jump for joy in the Lord. In case some of y'all don't know, Habakkuk was a Pentecostal. Before Pentecost was cool, Habakkuk was jumping for joy in the Lord. You know, I think one of the greatest travesty that has happened in Christianity is between the Judaism of Jesus and the Christianity that followed, people lost their ability and revelation of worship. You want to, I've seen it many times. If you go during the, the celebrations in Jerusalem, uh, you will find that there is this roaring, worshiping throng of people. And they'll be singing, they'll be shouting, they'll be dancing. That's not something new, that's something old. Even Old Testament people still know how to worship God. But people that live in the New Testament, they lost their jump. They lost their song. They lost their dance. And I'm sad to say sometimes people in the apostolic movement have forgot how to worship God. They forgot how to rejoice in the Lord. They learned, They forgot how to... <laughs> Hallelujah, leap for joy in the Lord Because I may be in a low place But I'm coming out of this The people of God are coming out of this He said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will joy in the God of my salvation Oh, you wonder, I'm sure some of y'all were wondering I wonder what that word joy means Amen, I'm so glad you asked it literally means to spin. I will. I will spin. Amen. I will give God some crazy praise because God, I can't do it very long, I'm going to fall down. Amen. But I truly believe that sometimes we forget praise really can make a difference to the way, you know, if you spin before the Lord, amen, you might get dizzy. And you might forget which distance and which direction. I better stop that. Woo! <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The last verse of this prophet's book, verse 19. Amen. He's in Babylon. He's in less than ideal circumstances. And he says, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hind's feet. He will make me to walk upon. Everybody say my. My high places. 
Amen. You may be in a low place, but God has a higher place for you. You don't have to stay where you're at. Amen. You Weeping may endure for the night, but... Amen. Weeping may endure for the night, but... I'm waiting. Uh, weeping may endure for the night, but, but joy comes in the morning. And Habakkuk, his book ended, and he ends his book of the praise and a stringed instrument in his hand. Amen. He may not have had anything to shout about, but he going ahead and said, I'm going to shout now because I know that just as God brought me into this difficulty, he brought the people God into this difficulty. I know God is going to bring us out. Amen. And I don't know what this world is headed toward. I don't know if Russia is going to invade Moldova. I don't know if the, if the native is going to start bombing Russian tanks. I don't know if China's going to take Taiwan. There's a lot of things I don't know, but there are some things I do know. I still know how to give God praise. I still know how to let God know, amen, as for me and my house, as for me and my children, as for me and my wife, we are going to do what the Lord told us to do a long time ago. We made promises. We made vows and by the name of God we are going to renew our vows and we're going to keep on keeping on can we worship the Lord